1: It's time to talk racing here on the race podcast from Fox 4. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dealey. Man, we are back on the track at Daytona. What a great day it was in Daytona. No rain affected this race. It was a good race. Lots of action. Lots of crashes towards the end. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished in the 2019 Daytona 500. In
0: first place, your Daytona 500 champion for the second time in four years, Denny Hamlin, followed by Joe Gibbs Racing teammates Kyle Busch, Eric Jones, and fourth place, place uh, series defending champion Joey Logano in 5th place Michael McDowell followed by Ty Dillon, Kyle Larson in 7th, Ryan Priest five ti- or seven time champion Jimmy Johnson and in 10th place Ross Chastain.
1: Finishing 11th was Alex Bowman, 12th Brad Keselowski 13th Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 14th Ryan Newman, 15th Parker Kligerman, 16th Austin Dillon 17th Chase Elliott, 18th Corey LeJoy, 19th B.J. McLean and 20th Clint Boyer
0: in 21st, William Byron, who had the pole position. Jamie McMurray from Joplin, Missouri. In 23rd, Brandon Gaughan, followed by Landon Castle. In 25th, uh, Kurt Busch. And 26th, Kevin Harvick, followed by Tyler Reddick. And 28th, Matt D. Benedetto. And 29th, Paul Menard. And 30th, David Reagan.
1: 31st and out of the race was Ryan Blaney. Eric Almirola was 32nd, Daniel Suarez 33rd, Daniel Hemrick 34th, Martin Truex Jr. 35th, Matt Tift 36th, 37th was Chris Buescher 38th, Bubba Wallace, he was out early, Cody Ware 39th, and Casey Mears was finished in last place in 40th. And what a, you know, this race for the most part through the first two stages and Kyle Bush was your winner of the first stage. Really not a whole lot of action. Not, I mean, there was, it was good racing. And I think the changes NASCAR made to the aerodynamics and the horsepower at this track, these, I think it produced some really great racing. I agree. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me early on. Uh, drivers playing
0: it safe. Um, and then as it goes on, especially those last 80 laps in the final stage,
1: uh, drivers getting a bit more aggressive, especially those last 20 laps. Yeah, the last 20 laps there were five crashes in the last 20 laps, five crashes and two red flags in those last 20 laps. So there was lots of lots of uh yeah, lots of craziness going on in the last 20 laps. And the second stage really was similar to the first stage, not a whole lot of action going on. Everybody just, you know, out for a Sunday afternoon drive at Daytona. And uh, your your second stage winner was Ryan Blaney which was where he was last year in the Daytona 500. He, he won the second stage last year in the Daytona 500. And I believe he led the most laps last year, too. And
0: I, I really thought that he was going to be uh, one of those contenders at the end, but just uh, got caught
1: up in uh, one of the big ones towards in the there. <laughs> yeah, one of the big ones. This, You know, we're, we always sit around, and, and, and at these restrictor tra- plate tracks like Talladega and Daytona, you're always sitting there, you're waiting, okay, when's the big one going to come? When's the big one going to come? And sometimes they come a little earlier in the race, this time they everybody was just seemed to be holding back. They were racing their strategy. They were they were, you know, racing how they wanted to come into the race. And I really thought, coming down towards the end, man, are we just gonna are we gonna have a Daytona five hundred without the big one?
0: Yeah, uh just man at the end it was like a demolition derby. <laughs> and uh does NASCAR still have the rules of they only have so many times due to the green white checkered, and then they call it. Or do they keep trying? Cause they have the rule now. I know they used to have the line on the back stretch and now it's, you know, the green, white checker. They, if it gets the white
1: flag, if you a get the white happens, flag, if, if you get the white flag, then the next, the next flag wins, whether it's checker or whether it's yellow. So, so they do still have that rule. And it almost seemed like we weren't going to get to a finish tonight because, um, there were so, I mean, they got, they took so much time to clean the tracks with the red flag situations, and then they get underway, and lo and behold, somebody makes a move. And, uh, man, they wrecked a bunch of race cars
0: tonight. And, and even at the end there, uh, drivers were still making moves. Uh, but I think playing it saved Joey Logano, he was getting up there, but he just, gonna get, he just could not get the push he needed. Kyle Bush at one point was trying to get you know at, to his teammate, Denny Hamlin, and it was a lot of back and forth going on. But Denny Hamlin, that last restart – he really
1: took off and uh it paid off at the end. He really did take off and 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 he and his teammate, I know Kyle Busch, I understood the strategy of Kyle Busch. He was trying to get into the right place, get the right distance so he could make that final move and he I believe he was going to make his move on the, on the last lap. Uh like we've seen many many times at Daytona, but it just wasn't there. And I I think I know I know you're not a big fan of Denny Hamlin or Kyle Busch, but I got to tell you for somebody who's been a, a longtime fan like me and and covered the sport for a long time, I really a sentimental win for me with with the one two three Gibbs finish and uh, with the loss of JD Gibbs earlier this last well last month, um, pretty special moment for for Joe Gibbs Racing and and love him or hate him, you, you got to respect Joe Gibbs for what he's done in this sport and for what just an incredible human being he is. And I, I do respect Joe Gibbs, uh, Kyle Bush.
0: His personality, um, over the years, I've grown. Each driver, they have their personality, like him, dislike him. Uh, but Kyle Bush, he, he's, a, he's a great driver. What he did in 2015 when he was in that uh, horrible crash in the Xfinity series to come back and win the championship that year. Denny Hamlin, uh, winning this, the Daytona 500 in 2016, now again in uh, 2019. You know, he's been a runner up for the championship before. Uh, but he definitely has been great at these tracks, and uh, he's a great driver as well. And you know, the last time there was a photo finish with him and Martin Truex Jr. Yes, and he mentioned after the race he feels like this one he can kind of relax a bit more. Um,
1: just it wasn't that such a close. And there for a while in that in in that when he won the, his last Daytona 500, it, they weren't real sure who won that race. They had to go to the photo finish to see he crossed just milliseconds ahead of Martin Truex Jr., and, and it was um, it was quite a surprise because I think, if I remember correctly, on the TV call, they said Martin Truex won, and then they had to go back and, and rethink that and take a look at it, and, and he did go to the I think when I,
0: when I saw that one, I thought Martin Truex Jr. won, and then <laughs> you actually look at the photos, and, I mean, it was so close, uh, but Denny Hamlin did win, and he's back at it again today. And also, in third place, other Joe Gibbs, uh, Eric Jones, um, who won there, I believe, in July, uh, you know, coming off a strong finish for him. And uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, we were talking, that this is the only the second time? Yes. 22 years ago, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, Jeff Gordon.
1: Terry Labonte. And Ricky Craven. Yes. We had a 1-2-3 finish at Daytona. And, uh, and that, if... If if I if my if my memory serves me right, that was a very emotional moment too, because I believe that was when Rick Hendrick was battling leukemia, and it was he was either his first time at the track or there was something very emotional about that win too. Of course, Ricky Craven was coming off a very severe accident where he had severe head injury, and to see him come back and finish third in that race, and Terry Labonte, the the uh, the Winston Cup champion years and years ago in 1996 for them to to pull off that one two three finish was very cool but this one tonight especially with with the recent like we mentioned earlier jd gibbs passing away earlier from a neurological disease and denny hamlin actually was discovered by jd gibbs so that's why this was so special for denny hamlin and this win will mean a lot And and uh, and joe gibbs and gibbs racing has done a lot for this sport and i'm 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 happy that that organization won. Like I say, if you're not a fan of those guys, I understand because that's what that's what NASCAR is all about. You have your favorite drivers, you have your not favorite drivers, you have the guys you just can't stand.
0: And and this sort of reminds me of Martinsville, uh, Jimmy Johnson winning after uh, Rick Hendrick, Rick Hendrick's son, and a few others of the Hendrick Motorsports family were killed in a plane crash.
1: Yeah, that was that was Martinsville is still a very emotional place for Hendrick Motorsports because 10 other team members died in that plane crash. In fact, the race the day that happened Jimmy Johnson actually won that race and was not in victory lane and we were later to find out why he wasn't in victory lane because his very dear friend Ricky Hendrick and and Rick Hendrick's brother and uh engine builder for Rick Hendrick Motorsports. 10 of their people were killed in that in that crash and uh, yeah, there it, it and we were talking just a little bit ago, sometimes it, it, it seems like in NASCAR, we've had these, we've had these memorable moments over the years where you've, it's followed up with a win or there's a very emotional win or, you know, I think back to, to all the way back to two thousand and two thousand and one 2001 when Dale Earnhardt died. And then you follow up the July race in Daytona with Michael Waltrip and, and junior. That's probably one of, my, one of my
0: favorite moments in NASCAR history. I, I really uh, got into the sport. Um, in 2001, a uh, few, you know, I was starting to get into it in 2099, uh, but I was only 11, 12 years old when uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. died in 2001, and uh, became a Jeff Gordon fan then. But to see uh, Dale Jr. come back and then have Michael Waltrip in second, that was just—I remember watching that and just my mouth dropped. It was just like
1: you remember that iconic picture of the, of the two of them standing on top of their race cars in in the infield there at Daytona, and just hugging and you know, what an incredible moment. And what I loved about that, I, I always felt bad for Michael Waltrip, who
0: he never really got to celebrate uh, the Daytona 500 win in February 2001 because of the death of Dale Earnhardt Sr., his uh, boss, car owner. And I, I, what I loved about that is, you know, Dale, I feel like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Michael Waltrip finally got to have the celebration that year uh, that they didn't get to have earlier. Uh, something else I want to talk about is uh Emporia, Kansas native Clint Boyer. He was really oh. strong today. I mean he was he was running the top ten, top five, and then after a, a couple of those first big ones happened, those last twenty laps, he, he got aggressive
1: and he just wasn't clear, came up and oh, it was man. go time and he he made his move and it was a good move because he jumped out from behind a slower car. He jumped to the inside of the thirty four car and uh thought he had it cleared and and went to move back up in front of him and just wasn't there. And that was the – was that the last big one or was that the second to last big one? I I, I think that was the last big one.
0: Yeah, it might have been the last big one. Um, And I'm a Chase Elliott fan, and that one, Chase Elliott was sort of getting nicked on those first two but (laughs) barely getting out, a few scrapes here and there. And then uh, that last one, he he got in. That was it for him. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, he
1: was getting nicked too, but he finished in the top ten. His car was, his car was totally, the, the left rear of that car was totally trashed. It was gone. And, and that 48 team put that thing back together. And, and this race really at the end was survival of the fittest, man, because there were some damaged cars. You know, um, a guy I want to mention, Matt Benedetto, ran strong all day, led laps. He was up in the front and he was, he was caught in the middle of, of the big one, the very first big one that took took out that involved 22 cars. And if you go back and later in the week, if you go back and look at the video of that crash, and you see this gigantic wad of race cars right there, and it was just, it ruined a lot of great runs that some guys were having. And I felt really bad for Matt DiBenedetto and, and also for Paul Menard. Paul Menard caused that wreck. Yeah, and
0: and he was so close to winning the Clash a week ago in the exhibition race. uh, uh, The wreck caused by Jimmy Johnson. Um, I thought he was going to be a strong contender and just the fate of the big one. Um, Also, we mentioned Ryan Blaney, uh, Eric Amarola, who was leading the last lap last year and uh, got wrecked by Austin Dillon for the win. Uh, Eric Amarola, who this is the second year at Stuart Haas Racing, uh, he was looking great and The wreck. He was. I think he was involved in the first big one, and he he made a comment uh, after he was out of the care center uh, watching the replay. It reminded him of the wreck in Kansas uh, where he
1: uh, broke his back, and it it was very similar. These. It's so. It's so crazy watching these races. And seeing these cars crash into each other at 200 miles an hour. And, and NASCAR has done such a great job with safety and, and driver safety over the years um, since 2001. It's really been a priority. And they have really done a great job of doing that. To see all of every driver that was involved in that whose car was not running after the big one there. To see them all walk away and everybody's fine. They're gonna be, some of those guys are going to be a little sore tomorrow. But to walk away without any any broken bones or anything like that is just pretty stunning. Yeah, it blows. I mean, if Again, like
0: Sam said, if you watch that, the wreck, the, the first big one, it was just sparks, fire, everything. It was just, crazy. There were cars underneath and other cars, and all those drivers, though, again, probably will be a little sore tomorrow, but just to walk away and and be out of the care center tonight and be with their families, uh, is it's amazing the steps that NASCAR has done. Uh, to improve safety in the sport
1: you know another guy that had had a pretty good run today jamie mcmurray who was running in his well this will be this is the only race he'll run in this week because next week he goes and becomes uh one of us he becomes a member of the media uh which i think he's going to do a great job you you we've seen some drivers come into tv jobs and and some of them it takes a little while to get used to, but I think Jamie McMurray will come in and do a good job. He was running. He had so much tape on his car holding that car together, but yet he was still in the running until either the second or third big one. And he, he ended up finishing. Where did he finish? Let me see. He was, uh, running. 22nd. Finished 22nd. He finally, he finally damaged that car bad enough that they couldn't continue, but he had a great run and, I think that's cool for him being the only race he's going to run this year. He's always run pretty well at, at Daytona, but it was it was great to see Jamie McMurray of Joplin, Missouri, have a good run.
0: I agree. At one point, uh, I remember seeing Boyer third and McMurray fourth. And I thought, how cool would be if they both get up there and we got Kansas, Missouri, uh, for a second or at least in the top five.
1: But it wasn't to be.
0: <laughs> thanks to thanks to. Uh, And uh, these restrictor plate tracks, everyone, uh, if you don't watch it, it's so, it's such different racing here compared to Kansas speedway or short track racing. It is, it's a matter of just luck, but also, I mean, it, it, there is so much skill that goes into it. Uh, but sometimes you're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And, uh, yeah, the Daytona 500, it's the biggest race. What's different from other sports. It's the biggest race of the season. But it's also the first race. So drivers, they have the whole rest of the season. They have until November that they can work on gathering points and winning the series championship. But
1: the Daytona 500, it's a race of its own. Well, it's many, many times it's called the Super Bowl of, of NASCAR because it is the biggest event. It's the first event of the year. The team spends so much time building the cars for this race. They, you know, they, they focus on it starting, you know, the season ends in November. And then they have the banquet, and then we're into December. They're they're working on building these cars for the two thousand the, the the Daytona five hundred early on in the off season, and they put a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of money into building the car for the Daytona five hundred. In fact, if you're in the if you're in the Clash, you have another you have a separate car for the Clash if you're running re- re- running in the Clash because as we saw last week,
0: you don't want to have your five hundred. <laughs> you
1: don't want to have your five hundred car in the Clash. Because there was a huge one last week and wadded up a bunch of race cars, but they spend a lot of time building these Daytona 500 cars. It's it's really the first goal of the season, and it's it's a big weekend. It it stretches over a couple weeks. It's a big time. I've been down there a couple times, and it's a lot of fun. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The the winner car
0: goes on like Denny Hamlin will never get to race that car again. It's,
1: it goes there. It goes. It stays at Daytona for a year. It, it's on display. Uh, they move it basically from Victory Lane, and, in, and as it was sitting in Victory Lane, uh, that's how it's displayed for the next year. They'll get it back eventually, but it's done for this year. So um, they, Denny Hamlin might be a little sad about that because that car ran pretty well.
0: Yeah, and, so, and speaking post-race, NASCAR said this season, uh, post-race inspections, if your car if it doesn't pass, even if you won the race,
1: you'll be disqualified. And We saw that last year with Kevin Harvick. That's yeah. That's one of the new rule changes this year. NASCAR is going to do post-race inspections at the track, so that they we we will no longer have this wait until Tuesday to see who's penalized, like we have in the past. And you'd have something big would happen at the racetrack, and NASCAR well will comment that will comment on that on Tuesday when we release the, the penalties and whatnot. Apparently, they changed their thinking, their philosophy on that, and and we're going to know. By the end of the night, before usually they want to try and have the results finalized before the fans leave the the uh, racetrack, so we'll see. Um, I have not. I, I'm checking right now, as as we said, about a you know we're about a, a little over an almost an hour from the finish of the race, and I'm looking at headlines, and I don't see any penalties being being passed out now. But you're right, Kevin Harvick. If this rule had been in place last year, he would not have been in the the the. The race for the championship in in, in Homestead, because because the race he was disqualified, the race he lost points and, and had the the penalty, was a race that got him into the final race, the final you can't say final four but, got him into the the last four to run for the championship in Homestead. And then some of these names up here in the top ten,
0: uh, and, and we were mentioning earlier uh, Matt Dean Benedetto. I mean, this is a race. Trevor Bain won this in two thousand eleven. I remember when he won, I was like, who? And this is a race, it is anyone's game. Uh, you got veteran drivers, you've drivers like Kyle Busch, who's a champion and has never won this race. Uh, took Dale Earnhardt Sr. so many years before he finally won in 98. Uh, but what's great, Michael McDowell, Ty Dillon, uh, Ryan Priest, a lot of names you don't see in the top five, top ten, and a lot of other races. It's so great and, it, and awesome to see some of those drivers have a shot and a chance to win. A race like the Daytona 500,
1: yeah, and absolutely. You know, we talked, mentioned just a little bit earlier about guys who had some luck tonight. Ryan Priest, this guy had some luck because he drove through all of those big crashes. And 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 as you go back and and if you see the in-car video of how him just barely getting by without getting hit, without crashing into anybody, nobody crashing, nobody spinning into him, and it was an amazing job of driving by that young man. To stay in, stay in that race and stay out of trouble.
0: Yeah, I'm also shocked to see uh, Brad Keselowski because I saw him in some of those wrecks, and I, I remember thinking, "Oh, he's done." And then he would be back in, and then he got caught up in another one.
1: And yeah, there was there were there were several guys that had trouble. Uh, Ke- Keselowski had a had a blowout on the on the left rear, and it looked like he was done. You're right because that car was was on the rims and sliding down down the, the apron. Um, but there were a lot of guys that, that got in trouble by themselves and didn't really hit the wall or anything. Or they got into the one car situation where they got a little damage and and they came back. I, again, I mentioned Jamie McMurray. He had so much tape on the front of that car. I didn't know if the fender was going to stay on that car, but he stayed out there until one of the last big ones and then and that car was just done. It's like, okay, we can't put this one back together. We're going to have to call it a day. But there was some great runs. It's, what I love about the Daytona 500 is because it means racing season is back. And the, the season is so long. It's the longest season in any sport. It goes from February to November. And they don't have a whole lot of off days there. And it's a grind. It's, these guys are now, I mean, they're, they're going after it. They, they get into a routine. It's race day. They fly home the drivers take monday off or they go into the shop and they have a debrief the crews are back putting the car together for the next race you know thursday they're they're loading the trucks thursday they're loading the trucks and they're leaving for the next race in atlanta is it atlanta next week yeah it's atlanta next week and so they're back into this grind and and us race fans are back into you know into our routine and it's we're ready
0: the the excitement when that green flag first drops by every year i'm just always like shaking uh, when those cars first, uh, that first couple laps, and then the last 20 laps, because uh, you know what, it's not over yet. Last 10 laps, last five laps in the Daytona 500, it's never over until that checkered flag waves. And that whole time,
1: I'm just <laughs> shaking. I'm giddy as a schoolboy. Well, and it's it's cool because NASCAR is, you know, you've told me multiple stories about how, NASCAR is a family thing for you, and you, you have aunts and uncles, and and that you guys really love this sport, and you guys really get into it, and and it was because of of your family that brought you into it, right? Yeah, uh, my uncle
0: Mike, uh, my mom's brother, he passed away sadly uh, a little over three years ago from cancer, but he in two thousand one he started gathering the family. Have uh, we had cooking buffalo wings, and we we're gonna all watch the Daytona five hundred. And for people in my family, such as my parents, who weren't really NASCAR, he's like, okay, if you guys want to come over, you have to wear something NASCAR. And so <laughs> my, I remember my grandma, uh, I call her Bifu she had this shirt, and it said something about uh, my son said I had to wear a NASCAR shirt to come to his Daytona party. And there you go. And my mom, she she fell in love with Del Jarrett's UPS commercials. So that became her driver. And, uh, yeah, I really, that year even though it started off on such a tragic uh, moment uh, with Dillon Sr. passing away, uh, you know, that year we had uh, the September 11th attacks, uh, which um, was right before the Kansas Speedway. And I remember being at the Kansas Speedway that year. I only went to qualifying and practicing. Uh, this is in September 2001 at the end. And just that feeling, I mean, it was exciting because it was the first race for the Kansas Speedway, but it was one of the first sporting events after the, those attacks, and just the, the NASCAR. The, I remember uh, them playing God Bless the USA oh, yeah. and all the fans. And then Jeff Gordon went in that race because there was a story where uh, somebody on a, a plane the day before uh, talked with, uh, I believe, uh, one of the pilots of Flight 93 and said, If you were to die tomorrow, uh, what would be one of the things you'd want to do? And he said, I would want to go see a NASCAR race and see Jeff Gordon win. And so um, that pilot died, I believe it was Flight 93, and the guy that said that he uh, he gave uh, that man's son tickets and he was able to see Jeff Gordon win that race. And Just stories like that, uh, it's just amazing. And, and my family, we continue. Now today, uh, I'm, I'm here, so I wasn't able to watch it with my family, but uh, we still text and talk about it. And I've gone with them over the years. The Kansas Speedway; those races have been special. And yeah, it's it's a very family sport. I mean, we talk with you know you and I talk in NASCAR. It's sure when you when you meet NASCAR fans. One of my best friends in middle school, we we bonded over NASCAR. Even though he gave me trouble because I was a Gordon fan and he was a Harvick <laughs> fan. And so, uh, but that's kind of the fun. If you know someone that has a has a driver you might not like, they might not like yours. It's just kind of fun to banter back and forth, just like any other
1: sport. Well I, I know back in the back in the day and, and and I'm a little older than you are and I've covered the sport for a lot of years and, and on radio and and uh, I have four kids and my house was evenly split. We had three, my my twin daughters and my wife who were huge Tony Stewart fans. Just huge Tony Stewart fans. It's ridiculous And myself, and my son, and my other daughter, were Gordon fans, so there was a lot of there was a lot of there was a lot of back and forth in the races, man. When when Tony and Jeff were going back at it back in the day, and it was fun. It was a fun rivalry. It was something we could all gather around. It was something we could. I mean, we would talk about it during the week. You know, if 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 uh, as he Mm -hmm. often did, Tony Stewart when did something boneheaded, I would mention that to my wife and my twin daughters through the week and. Then if Jeff did something very rarely boneheaded, they would give it right back at me. Or if Tony beat Jeff or Jeff beat Tony, it was a lot of fun. It was a great family sport. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to talk about. And it's great that they're back on the track.
0: I'll admit, uh, <laughs> when I become a Jeff Gordon mm-hmm. fan, uh, around a bunch of Dale Earnhardt fans in the family, uh, it was, it was tough at times. And man, there are times I just, I was so sick of just the, I just felt like I was getting picked on nonstop. Now, luckily that year, I was able to shove it back in their faces. when he won they can speed Speedway the first two years, and then win the championship in two thousand one. And but I, I remember even in, in Boy Scouts, I would get in arguments with kids that were Tony Stewart fans because <laughs> I did
1: not, I, I did not like Tony Stewart. Um, and now he's a senior citizen and he's retired, so you don't have to worry about Tony anymore. Yeah, and this, uh, speaking of uh, drivers that might
0: become to through retirement, nothing's been said yet, but Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, didn't win a race last year, won the clash last week after causing the big one, but this is the first year in, in, since being in the Cup Series that Chad Knaus is not his crew chief. Chad
1: Knaus is now with the 24. I don't think Jimmy Johnson is quite done yet. I, I think... They had an off season last year. Absolutely, they they ran like junk all season long. They just couldn't. They seemingly they couldn't get out of their own way. I think it was a brilliant move by Rick Hendrick to to split these two apart. Sometimes, Chad and Jimmy would kind of go at each other. They were kind of like brothers. I have a brother. You have a brother. Sometimes we can butt heads and and just absolutely. be really aggravated at each other. But yet, he still. My brothers are still my best friends, and that's kind of that, That's kind of the relationship that Chad and Jimmy had. And sometimes it, it was hard to, it, it was hard to get that across on the track. I, I think they'd been together. I think they'd had a great run, seven championships. I mean, that's amazing. It's it's it has to be one of the longest crew chief driver in history that I at least that I've seen. It's it's a, it's amazing the run they have. But I think it's a great move by Mister Hendrick to, to split them apart. And to, to move Chad to a new challenge with a younger driver and Jimmy with a new crew chief that will give him a different perspective, a different way to look at things. You know, Jeff Gordon had all the success with Ray Everham back in the day. And then then he went through a couple crew chiefs and he ended up winning a, his fourth and final title in 2001 with with uh, was it Robbie, Robbie, Loomis? Gordon. Robbie Gordon. Loomis. Loomis. Yeah. And it, that was that it was. Robbie came in and gave him a, a little different look, a, a, a little different perspective, a little different way of doing things, and it made him a better driver. And I think probably with Jimmy, I think we're going to see the same thing. I, he he had a tough he had a tough run today, but Daytona is tough for a lot of men. Like you said earlier, your run at Daytona has no bearing on the rest of and your season. He
0: ended in a top ten, which which is amazing, which is amazing <laughs> because
1: that car was destroyed. And
0: after the minor ride, there was a wreck on Pitt Road early on, and that was the first when Jimmy Johnson, the the back uh, left part of his car, just torn for the the gas. Like, it was amazing after that. I thought they might have to take it to the garage, or and he came back out and able to finish
1: a top ten. Just amazing. Well, we're off. To a great start for the 2019 season, a great Daytona 500. Denny Denny Hamlin can enjoy this one for a little bit, but man, next week we're on to Atlanta, and Atlanta is one of my favorite tracks because it's fast, it's wide, and there's a lot of action. We've seen some great races at Atlanta over the years. Absolutely, Uh,
0: you know, there's the famous, you know, Bobby Labonte, and then uh, Jeff Gordon, Kevin Harvick. Uh, That was another one of those special moments after Earnhardt Sr. passed away. Uh, Atlanta. One of those races, tracks that has over time and time again, those last lap, uh, exciting finishes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, I, I early on at Daytona, it's hard to tell what teams, what drivers are going to be strong this year. But uh, Kevin Harvick, he's, he's always run great there. Even though he's only uh, won twice, he always runs good there. Uh, Kyle Busch, I can see him doing well. Uh, Chase Elliott. Uh, he, of course, <laughs> he's my favorite driver, <laughs> so I'm going to be rooting for him. Uh, but it's going to be interesting what teams, what manufacturers, and what drivers uh, really take off this year. Uh, Joe Logano, defending champion, uh, making a strong point, finishing in the top five and fourth.
1: A guy you need to keep an eye on this year, and this is just just in my never-to-be-humble opinion, Martin Truex, I think, keep an eye on Martin Truex Jr. He's, he's at Joe Gibbs Racing now. He brought his crew chief over, his championship-winning crew chief. They're at a bigger organization with more money, more research and development, more cars, more teammates. This guy two years ago dominated the mile-and-a-half tracks, absolutely dominated the mile-and-a-half tracks. So keep your eye on him. He should run well at Atlanta. And, again, don't ever think jimmy johnson forgot the how to drive a race car and how to win so keep your eye on him so those those are some guys to look at next weekend at atlanta and we will be here every sunday night talking racing on the racing podcast here at fox 4 so we're going to wrap it up for tonight we'll be back next week i'm sam atwell and I'm brian deely everyone have a great week